Designcast Podcast, the podcast for design and STEAM educators. Hello and welcome to Designcast, a podcast where I interview a wide range of excellent guests in design and STEAM education to get their unique perspectives. My name is Jason Reagan and I use my 20 plus years of experience as a design educator to dig deep into complex issues. This podcast has one simple mission, to create a community of people around the world that are interested in design and STEAM education. Each episode, I chat with guests from all corners of the design world, from classroom teachers to authors and even to educational consultants. We discuss a wide range of topics that we feel are relevant today. I do want to ask you that if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, or download from your favorite podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by listeners that might not find it otherwise. Also, it helps me to continually define the direction of future guests and episodes. Feel free to drop by my website, www.jasonreagan.ga, to leave me a comment or to sign up to be considered as a future guest on future episodes. Also, don't forget to stop by Anchor and leave me a voice clip that could even end up in an upcoming show. Thanks for listening. So let's get to it. This episode of DesignCast, I had the honor to speak with Yvette Larsson. Yvette is a PYP educator in Sweden and the co-founder of AHA, Accelerating Education. Our discussion covers many topics from travel, being an international expat, and more. But the majority of our chat is about her passion of changing education one classroom at a time. I know that you will find our chat stimulating and timely. Please check out Yvette and AHA on social media through the links in the show notes. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this chat with Yvette Larson. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of DesignCast. And it is such a pleasure today to have Yvette Larson with me. Yvette, how are you? Hi, Jason. I'm good now. Thank you. And thank you so much for, for inviting me. I so look forward to this conversation. I am uber excited. I can't wait to get started. And so, Yvette, if you don't mind, can you just give a little introduction of yourself and how you became an educator? Sure. So, yeah, long uh, story short, I was born in the very north of Sweden, above the Arctic Circle in Swedish Lapland. And as a child, I was outside a lot. I was uh, really like skiing and the nature played such a big part in my life. And I think that that made me, above all, a very creative person because we didn't have it. There was nothing there. There were no indoor play centers or when there was really like enough 
nothing more than nature. And that is like, I realize a gift now. So I had to become very creative. I had to create my own life. I had to create yeah, my everyday life. So I was doing a lot of sports. I was just like uh, the mountains and the forests and the lakes. That that was really my, my playground and my after school club. So yeah, so that I think has shaped me a lot. And then when it comes to to why I became an educator. It wasn't that I was dreaming of becoming a teacher. I was more the kind of person who always encouraged my friends and always uh, like using a growth mindset, even if I didn't know it was called like that. <laughs> but I was always like the one cheering on the sideline. Hey, come on, you can do this and trying to find ways to. So, so I, it was more like I, I like to encourage people to be the best they can be. And that's how I yeah started to think about what, what are the um, what are the possibilities? Which in which job can I do this? And uh, yeah, teaching felt very natural. But it wasn't like oh, I am dreaming about becoming a teacher. And I actually left teaching as well because I became a teacher. I'm an upper secondary school teacher, like for for teenagers. So I was. I think 24 when I graduated. So it's almost the same as ages then. So I taught for a few years and then I thought, no, uh, I'm not going to teach. I thought that national curriculum was so stiff. It felt like I, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. I felt like my creativity was just, yeah, I, 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 it really didn't fit me. So I was working with the sports and health for like 10 years. And I love that. It was a very dynamic environment. And then I started a family and we moved abroad and I was abroad for nearly 14 years. And that was the time actually when I discovered the IB because my kids, they started the IB when they were in uh, kindergarten. And I was looking at the curriculum both from a parent's side uh, point of view and uh, like an educator point of view. And I thought, wow, this is like a leadership program for kids, like a really like a program, learn, learn for life program. And that's how I started to become interested in picking up uh, teaching again, actually. And then I, when I moved back to Sweden, I just got the job and uh, here I am nine years later. It sounds so easy when you say it like that, right? You just moved and did this. <laughs> I know how much it means. You're, you're also an expert, I'm in the right? Same, same boat. Yeah. And so where yeah. did you live when you were abroad? So, you know, Jason, I had this dream when, imagine me growing up there, winter five months per year. I had this phrase in my head. I want to live on a tropical island where they dance salsa. That was the, like I had a vision board of it as well. So the first place I, I moved to was the Reunion Island in the Indian Ocean. That was really my dream. And that was really like the dream uh, life for me, like living on an island. It, they didn't dance salsa. They had another type of music there, but just being in a place uh, with uh, high mountains, lagoons, dolphins, whales. I was once diving and there was a whale in the water when we were diving, hiking on the volcano, seeing an active volcano three times, swimming in waterfalls and all those paradisiac things that that was that, that was the dream and, and that was very important for me because it was a time when I really listened to my intuition and think this is what I'm gonna do sounds super crazy for anybody I talk to but it makes so much sense for me you know so it was a moment when I sort of bricked like like just went for my dreams and that is something that I can lean back to now I'm thinking like yeah I did that and what else can we do you know so it was fantastic and then there was a French island and then I wanted to move back to mainland Europe. So the next dream was uh, Provence in, the, in southern France. So I lived there for a while, which was 
fantastic as well in a different way. But it was still Europe. I was close closer to my family and all that. But I just love the the Mediterranean lifestyle. It's really one that I feel very much at home with, with culture, with history, with the climate wise. And then I lived in Norway and Denmark, which for for an outsider, maybe, oh, but that's almost Sweden, you Scandinavians, but still it was different. And then I, I was also I was also in London for three years. Yeah, and my daughter was born there. So there was a time in her life she said well, she was a Londoner. I was like, okay, yeah. I think there's a lot of people can identify with that who've had children overseas and been abroad, yeah. that, you know, to yeah. have a, a birth certificate from that country and, yeah. and, and, and their child growing up with, you know, people around them that spoke yeah. the local language. Yeah. And I completely, that's, it makes, makes our children a um, children of the world, right? <laughs> exactly. And where, where were your kids born? Well, actually we, my wife is um, Chinese, but we had moved mm-hmm. back to the U.S. So they're both were born there. And then. Yeah. But because we moved back to China when they were quite young, the youngest one actually learned to speak when he was still in in China. So, it, you know, for a long, long, long time until just very recently, if you asked him where he was from, he would say he was from China. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting now. So right now he says he's anywhere where there's a puppy. So I think oh, that's... <laughs> He's really into his dog stage, right? So, you know, having that spirit of adventure, I'm sure Mm -hmm. you will also, you know, instill that in your own children as they, you know, grow up. I'm sure that having been in IB schools and whatnot, they will definitely Mm -hmm. be open-minded to the world, which is, I think, one of the huge advantages of being an IB student and graduate. Because, for example, I'm not in, uh, I mean, I'm Swedish, so my native my, my mother tongue is Swedish, but I would say that, for example, my son, his English is now better than his Swedish. I mean, he speaks Swedish fluently and, and then they have, they have a Dutch dad. So they have three solid languages and on top of that, French and Spanish. So I just feel like the world is their oyster. They, they become so capable and so independent, but yet, you know, part of a community. So I think that that is what you, yeah, that is what you get when you are in an international environment. I think it's so enriching. I totally agree. And that's the reason it's non-negotiable, as we were saying before. My own children are constantly are going to always be in an IB school. I'm not I don't necessarily work for the IB, but I've done a lot yeah. of stuff in the IB. And yeah. I think it's I, I've just my only sadness is that I was not able to do that as a child myself. <laughs> is it really an option? So this is what I mean, we could talk all day about this, but let me ask you what. So your current school is an IB continuum school, right? You have PYP yes. all the way to the DP. Yeah, we have from EYP. Fantastic. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so what do you what do you teach there now? Yes. Yeah. So I am a a class teacher now. So I have a super amazing grade five. They are just so fun to be with. They are so creative. And I I just love being with them and see them develop and see how they thrive and the challenges they have and how they can overcome them. And yeah, so so I I really, really enjoy that. My diplomas are really for for older kids, like upper secondary school, senior high school. But, But honestly, I love to work with humans. 
human, human beings, like kids, teenagers, adults, uh, retired. I, I just love the meet, the meeting with another human being and listen to the stories and see what do we have in common? What, yeah, how, how are we all united in our humanity and what are our common challenges and our common celebrations? And uh, so I really, really like to connect with people. I'm also I, a student yeah. of conversation, so I completely yeah. understand. That's <laughs> yeah. great. So I assume your students are kind of gearing up to do their PYP exhibition then, huh? Well, the thing is, we do it in uh, in grade six. I just told them before for Christmas because we they did a winter fair, which they organized completely themselves, all the steps, of course, with the backbone of our, yeah, we do a lot of design thinking. But what I said to them after the winter fair is that you could do exhibition now. <laughs> They are so, so geared on to project-based learning and, uh, yeah, you know, combining the dots. And uh, so it was just fantastic to see that, actually, both for me as a teacher and for them, like, celebrating their learning. It was amazing. That sounds awesome, and I love to hear it. And I, I actually really adore the transdisciplinary nature of the PYP Absolutely. and how everything's so connected. And, and I think yes. it's just really, really lovely. And design thinking does fit really well in the PYP That's, framework. And yeah. so it's great to hear that you're doing you're doing that yeah. with them. Yeah. It's awesome. So yeah. tell me about AHA Accelerated Education. I know that that's another one of your passions. Can you tell me more about yes. that? AHA is, what shall I say, a think tank, but it's also like Future of Education, Foresight Academy. So a colleague of mine and I, we are colleagues and friends. We connected at school. She works at my school. And it started when we started to work with with the implementation of a holistic well-being program in our school. So we worked together with a PE teacher Diane, at our school. So we were three of us and we were combining our experiences and yeah, knowledge and all that. And we said we wanted all the kids in our school to have uh, physical education every day, like some sort of movement every day, because I'm also very hooked on to brain and body connection, applied neuroscience. And we said that we wanted all the students to have that. That was our mission. And and it ended up with a pilot case with my class and two other classes because the other teachers, they were saying that, oh, but this is going to steal so much time from teaching, mm -hmm. from curriculum. How are we going to fit it in? And then we had our principal accepting us to do like a pilot case, which turned out really, really well. And what also happened is, you know, it's the IB. And then so we started off with plans and we started to implement the things and it re went really well. The students were so geared onto it. But you know what happens then? They start to ask, can we do a class? And so it was absolutely authentic uh, student agency there because they got so inspired. And then we, we started to implement some structure for them, like how could the those sessions look like, what are the benefits, what, what, so they couldn't just uh, do like, say, I want to go out and play football with my class. It, it needed to be more. So on the way they were learning as well about more about how they learn and uh, the connection. And then when that year had passed and the principal saw that, wow, this is something that the whole school could benefit from, then she agreed to, to implement it in the whole POIP. And you know, Jason, then comes COVID and 
all of a sudden everything is about social emotional learning. Mm. So that was the time when we were actually digging a little bit deeper and uh, started to connect it more solidly with a PE, PSPE, uh, IB curriculum. So we were reading and we were connecting and we were, yeah, we were actually making a, yeah, you can say an attachment to the curriculum and looking at what are the, what are the, where, where can we combine the dots with the, with the IB curriculum? Mm-hmm. And so then that, that uh, program just took off. And uh, as I told you earlier, when we spoke, because we were not in lockdown in Sweden and mm-hmm. primary years teachers were teaching on site, you can imagine there were also a lot of worry, a lot of concern mm-hmm. coming to work. We thought that us teachers needed to be like a, a little bit more listened to and have some space to be a team. Which So we created something we call the Athletes Mindset for Educators, which was basically a growth mindset. How do we speak to each other? How do we create a more caring environment for us during the times that we are living in? Mm-hmm. And just to have a moment to actually talk about those things because teachers are so busy and it's all uh, even more busy during COVID. Oh my gosh. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then we had the, the, we call it the move and learn program for the students. And then we had the aha athlete mindset for, for the educators. And so this, this is how we started. So that's, that is the fundament that we started mm-hmm. with aha. And then Nan and I, we, we realized, but wow, we have so many other things that we are thinking about how to create the future of education because the future of education is really now. It's not the now education. So then we started to just brainstorm all our ideas and, uh, and we were like wow we have to do something about this and that is when we so Nana she's a sports psychologist and we are all very much geared into applied neuroscience both of us mm-hmm. and how to use like the knowledge about neurotransmitters if you know that if you spray the room with oxytocin what will happen in that room people will be feeling safe feeling cared for fe- feeling seen and when a, a person feel all those feelings then you can be more creative more collaborative if you know that endorphins are making us more creative, more trusting, then why not laugh a little bit more and joke with each other? <laughs> I mean, uh, dopamine, sure. dopamine is so inquiry-based learning. Like, how mm-hmm. can you use that in the inquiry-based circle? Like, like uh, making the students more curious with all the provocations you do. And yeah, so 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 mm-hmm. we started to add this, and and the results were so so fast. Like, uh, it's mm-hmm. incredible. And so so that's how it's started and then we started to build other other concepts we started uh, with a hackathon for youth where we wanted to listen into young people and what they have to say about the mm. new reality that we are living in and i was looking at my own son sitting like um he's studying in in the netherlands and they had they were locked down they had to be in front of a computer all the time all watching day. those endless google mm. slideshow he was so bored mm. and then i was like we need to start listening to them more they have to be part of this this discourse of what is the future of education mm-hmm. it's not just adults talking and, and know it all but they have to have a say because we have to listen to them we have to trust them more so that's how our hackathon for youth came to life yeah and the last thing now that we are launching which is a little bit delayed because i had covid but the last thing the the thing we are now launching is the future mindset playbook which is basically we have been looking at and doing a lot of research when we when we created the hackathon it's about what are the 
skills and competences mm-hmm, that possibly mm-hmm. could be useful for those for, for us, not only for young people. So we have plowed reports after reports in education, in the future of work, innovation, and we've been participating in roundtables about future of education, future mm-hmm. of work. So and then we put together what we have learned. So we are super mm-hmm. exciting about that actually. I can't wait and I'll be sure to leave a link in the show notes to your Thank website you. with all your information on it because I, I know yeah, people sure. are going to be super interested. And, you know, I think it, it really complements the the IB a lot because of the way mm. the framework nature of the IB is. And I know mm. in the DP, it's quite prescriptive, but there is still room yes. to yeah. do other things. And you look yeah. at just even in the core, you know, you could use the, yeah. the DP core if you wanted to yeah. because it's yeah. the connective tissue. And so have you branched out to other schools and to other parts of Sweden or what is, you know, kind of what's the the game plan, the roadmap for you guys? Yeah, so the roadmap now, because we have done so many like pilot cases and we have had so many requests from schools, not only in Sweden, but so now it's more like how to take the next step with AHA because we are we are we are managing a full-time job and aha and being parents as well so it's been more like we if we are talking about challenges a time is a challenge so i've been very much into looking into time management looking into deep work looking into mm-hmm. focus work so when nana and i are working we are we are usually in a place called hetch which is helsingborg tech hub which is where innovators and, and entrepreneurs are gathering and it's very inspiring for us but when we go and work there we just shut down everything no phone calls no emails we just sit there and we work and that is our focus work so the next step for us is really to 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 scale it up now that's uh, mm-hmm. the plan the game plan for 2022 to everybody who reached out for us and connect and and create those healthy sustainable collaborations with people across the globe and people locally as well because mm-hmm. for me really the world is so it, it, we are living in a hybrid place now is anything is possible if we look at a school environment i'm looking at the concept of a classroom a classroom without walls like we are in a physical place but the the concept of school is also changing and uh, mm-hmm. that it will be much much more agile and look at all oh, those sure. uh, you, you already seen it i mean both of you and i we are in this yeah linkedin in the extended <laughs> staff room there with right. with those fantastic initiatives popping up all mm. across the globe like mm. so I, I think it's very exciting to be in education now and it's also very frustrating at the same time because we are in this space where we need a change but sometimes you feel it's taking a little bit too long so yeah unfortunately education's not a startup it isn't you know you use the word agile and I'm I'm a big uh, fan of agile and scrum sort of thinking and yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find ways to incorporate that into my own educational experience and my own yeah. curriculum design. It's yeah. not easy because yeah. like you said, education is sort of this giant ocean liner and you can't yes. turn it quickly. Right. And so yeah. I agree with you completely. So, so yeah. your programs that you're doing in your school, I'm assuming it's throughout the entire school or is it a certain grade level or great group that you're um, looking at? So the wellbeing program is, is it's in all PYP now. 
now. And we also had some work done in the EYP and okay. both the MYP and DP, they are super interested. They just need to find ways because, you know, when you go up to MYPs becoming less transdisciplinary and mm-hmm. more subject to subject, and then you, you're not so um, flexible with times and all that, but, but sure. they are really keen on uh, implementing more. So, so we are just looking at how, how could that uh, look like for the older mm-hmm. ones as well. But I can see in Sweden in general, because we are really like outdoorsy people and, mm. and you have a big tradition of outdoor education here. And even despite the weather or maybe because of the weather, people are re- keen on uh, doing more outdoor education and uh, doing more social emotional learning. And I think with COVID, it, it really became clear as well that these are the things we we, we really need to, to focus on that because without your well-being, what how can you build build something on that? So Yeah, you have to be able to focus <laughs> to do mm-hmm. these things. Yeah. And, yeah. and if your well-being is getting in the way, you can't be the best you can be, right? Well, I love I love what you're saying. This is exciting stuff. And Yvette, we could talk all night about these things. And I'm really, really <laughs> excited to see where we're going with this. But I, I just want to ask you a couple things beyond this. What's something you're really excited about at the moment? So many things. You know, I'm such a passionate person. I, I love so many things because, you know, my year started with having this quite tough COVID. So I was home. I, I was really so tired. I couldn't do anything. I, I couldn't even watch Netflix. So after that, when I started to recover, I was I was like, you know, I went out and I was like, oh my gosh, look at the sun, look at the sky. It was like waking up again. So I'm super excited to, to develop a half course. I am uh, very excited see how education is going, what will happen during this year. I think we are really in, in a turning point, uh, like a crossroads for education. Super excited to to connect with uh, like-minded people more and, and make more like uh, solid collaborations with people. I can't wait for spring to come. I, I'm so crazy about being outside and um, just follow my my own kids where they are. But, you know, I am really, really driven in making a difference and, and inspire others to be courageous. Courageous to actually take a step outside uh, that famous box, you know, and really do things like everything starts with the smallest step. Like I did something small this autumn. I started to, the kids could call me just Yvette no miss or whatever. And I am the only person in school that now doesn't have a title. They just say Yvette to me. And and then we started to talk about that. And I, I just wish for more open-mindedness, more courage, because, you know, if you want to change things, you really have to have a big portion of courage, a big portion of resilience. Just to believe that those things that you think inside yourself, like if something feels wrong when you are in education it probably is if something feels right it probably is like just to inspire others to really tap into that intuition like yeah you know let's open up a little bit the same thing like when i communicate with the parents for uh, my students parents i'm a very like informal person i really like to connect with them because i'm working with their kids that's the precious thing they have so i really want to have a good communication with them so i'm looking forward for and also i'm looking forward for our new hackathon we're going to do a hackathon uh, here in helsingborg helsingborg is hosting a huge innovation city expo where the whole world is coming here and uh, we're going to do a hackathon there as well so that will be super exciting but man you got a lot 
lots going on. That's great. And I'm glad to hear you didn't let COVID get you down too much. So that's that's good. That's really good. All right. So Yvette, I always ask everyone, what's uh, a book that we should stop right now and read? Oh, wow. You know, that is a super difficult one for me because I'm an avid reader. By my, my bed, I have like three books that I read at the same time. And I read that question. I thought, wow, which one am I going to suggest? But you know, I had one favorite. And, you know, I told you now many times that I'm so keen on the brain and body connection. And I read a super good book before Christmas. It's called Feelability by a Danish author called Imran Rashid. And this book is really about the the connection between the rational brain and the emotional brain and how we tend to want to see ourselves as very rational and uh, just looking at how emotionally driven we are. Like, uh, have a look at the day. We, we we want to do the things we love and that is an emotion we want to work with the things we like and love we want to eat the things we love we want to we we are passionate about things because they matter to us and then comes the rational mind and we are measuring things so much into uh, eternity you know and and he's bringing up the, the those two like the biases of the brain and i think it's super important and i had an, a discussion before christmas on linkedin actually about this craze about measuring so much you know we are in education so we measure a lot we do formative summative assessments in order to drive learning and so forth but there is also some like exaggeration of 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 measuring in schools as well and that taps into all the administration that okay does this lead us to anything so he's in a way very interesting way he's showing this discrepancy between the emotional and rational side and yeah i could highly recommend that book great i have not heard of that one so far so i am very very keen to check that out so thank you Mm -hmm. for sharing that with me so uh, Yvette this is great I have tremendously enjoyed our conversation and so if someone wanted to connect with you you've mentioned LinkedIn a couple of times but are there what's the best way to connect with you yeah I would say LinkedIn that's the best I mean we are everywhere on social media as well like Instagram and we have our blog and we have our YouTube channel but I think LinkedIn is the best place great that's fantastic I know that's where I connected with you first thing and so I can attest to how quickly you respond so thank you for that and allowing me to reach out to you I really appreciate that and so Yvette I could go all night but I know that it's the middle of the day for you it's approaching evening time for me so I want to say thank you and I cannot wait to continue to follow the work that you're doing. The same. And thank you so much for inviting me. And I really appreciate this conversation and and your very interesting other in, in interviews prior to our conversation. Yeah, that's so, very kind. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. I'm Jason, your host, and I produced and created this podcast. If you have any input, I would love to hear from you. And I look forward to seeing you again really soon.
Jason here from DesignCast, and I am just so pleased that you're here listening to DesignCast. I really appreciate all the feedback everyone's been giving me. It's been so fantastic to hear it, and it just really inspires me to continue going. Of course, making this week on week is difficult. If you feel so inclined, of course, there is no pressure. I would love it if you would take part in helping to support this podcast. And so I'm using a website called Buy Me a Coffee, and there are a couple different ways you can give. One is you can give a one-time gift, and then also there are monthly gifts that you can give. And by doing that, you will receive some services from me. Number one, you'll be part of Signcast support family. Also, there are different levels within that. So head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash designcast, and you can find out more about the different ways you can support me. I am so excited to announce the launch of a new podcast network called DNA Podcast Network. The Design Network Alliance, or DNA, was founded by Evo Hanan and myself as a result of DesignCast number 16. We talked all about the need to connect design educators globally. DNA is a collective group of like-minded design educators from around the world. We have one simple mission, to connect design and STEAM educators with each other and with designers that want to make a difference in design education to make it better for future generations. The DNA Podcast Network is a hub for podcasts that cover the topics around design, design and technology, design thinking, STEAM, and STEM education. If you are interested in hearing more great content, head over to www.dnapodcastnetwork.ga today. Click on the thumbnail of the podcast that you want to hear and enjoy. If you have any other podcasts that you enjoy that cover similar topics, please feel free to get in touch with me and let me know so that I can look at adding them to the network. Finally, spread the word. Share with your network and your PLN and use the hashtag DNA Podcast Network.